But, but listen, God is good, and, and I just love coming into worship, and, and I don't know if this is your experience, but sometimes I, I come into worship and there's just a million things going on. Uh, this morning, it was just like the morning of distractions, just one thing after another from the moment I walked in the doors until the moment that the service started. It was just like everything was trying to pull my attention away from worshiping God. But man, I love that every time we come here, He's here. And he wants to speak. And so praise God, we are in uh, the last week of our series, The Better Way. And we're looking at Acts chapter 20. Uh, This is Paul's farewell to the church at Ephesus. He's speaking to the leaders. He's gathered with leaders of the church. So Paul started the church there. Paul had ministered there for years. He'd been there several different times. He had been there and served and led them. And so these are his people. This is his church that he loves, that he started. And and so here he's back with the leaders of it. And and one more time, this is kind of his last chance to speak into them. He knows he says You know, in what he says, he says, I I know that you're never going to see me again, and I'm never going to see you again. And and, and so, this is his last chance to tell them what he wants to tell them. And instead of spending the time, you know, just reliving the good old days or just pumping himself up, what he really wants to do is communicate to them the better way to live. And, And so, he talks about two different things. We talked about the first two weeks ago. Uh, and we're going to talk about the second today. He talks about two things that are super important. This is, I've been thinking about this a lot, and the idea of legacy and the idea of, uh, not the idea of leaving, that's going to sound bad. I, I said something to Brad yesterday about, you know, leaving or going to another church. Not, I'm not leaving, but he said, hey, how about we not talk about you going to another church when I just moved here? And I said, cool, I'm not going anywhere. But I think with Pastor Deb, you know, retiring and, and heading down to Florida, it just got me thinking a lot about the legacy that, that I want to leave. And this is Paul in his last chance talking to the people in the church at Ephesus about what he wants to leave them with. And, and essentially, he tells them this is the better way. So we'll start with a quick recap. Acts chapter 20, verse 22, he says, Now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So Paul wants to tell the church two things. The first thing he says is this, what I've done is testify to the grace of God. The, the only thing I care about. He says, I don't, my life is worth nothing to me other than my task, my job, my goal of glorifying God by testifying to the good news of His grace, to the gospel. So he wants to testify. That's his main purpose in life, is to tell everyone he can to share the gospel of God's grace. And I want, I want to just say this today. I said this two weeks ago. This was the message that we are called, you are called to testify to the good news of God's grace. Did you know that? That you have a job? Not just the earthly job you work, but that if you are saved by God, if you are one of God's children, you are called to testify. How many of you feel really comfortable going up and telling people about Jesus? Any, okay, a few of you. That's awesome. I'll, I'll put my hand like halfway up because I don't even really like going up and talking to people I don't know. Uh, but, but listen, we are called to testify. So last week, the Wheatleys were here, 
and they had you turn and they had you say something to each other. Does anyone remember what we had to say to each other? You are precious. You had to tell the person next to you, you are precious. And when they said that, when they said, turn and tell the person next to you that you're precious, Megan turned to me and said, see how uncomfortable this is? (laughs) And then she did tell me that I was precious. She did. I don't know if she meant it or not, but she did say it. But she's, I want you to know, she's always advocating on your behalf because she knows that you guys don't love it when I make you turn and talk to each other. And so she's always trying to get that word in, like, hey, stop doing that. But listen, you're not going to break me because it's important that we testify. And so last week, you testified to how precious each of you are. And listen, I want to reiterate that, that you guys are awesome. You guys are wonderful people. I love you. It is a gift. I'll start crying. That's how much I love you. It's a gift to get to come here and worship you with you. Not worship you. I don't worship you. (laughs) Worship with you. Let's settle down there. But today I want you to know that you are called to testify to the good news of, of God's grace. You are called to testify to the gospel. So more so than turning and tell the, telling the person next to you that they're precious, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to turn and tell the person next to you or the person 10 rows behind you or the person in the balcony or on the floor, tell them that God is good. All right, now, come on now. Tell them that God is good. Let's proclaim this. Paul says, the only thing I care about, the only thing that matters to me is proclaiming the good news that God is good, that his grace is good, that he loves us, the gospel. So turn and say, God is good. good. All right, here's where we were. We were like a four on the first one. We went up to like an eight, and then we went back down to a six. I don't know how we went down. My intensity level went up. Yours went back down. You're supposed to match my intensity level. One more time. I'll, I'll lower it. Turn to someone next to you and say, God is good. good. There we go. That's good. Okay. I feel better about this. Listen, you are called to proclaim the good news of God's grace. And I know that most of you are probably like me and you don't enjoy just going up and talking to strangers and and you don't enjoy preaching to people or teaching people things, especially one-on-one. But I want you to know that you are called and all you got to do is tell people how good our God is. That's simple. Tell people what God's done for you. So that was the first thing. Paul says, the first thing is this, that my main task in life is to preach the word, to teach others, to share, to testify that God is good. There's a second part. We're going we're gonna to get to it a little bit later. The second part of this, I'm not going to read it right now. I'm going to bring it back later. But, but, but Paul says, listen, I'm leaving you, and there are some tough days ahead for you. There are going to be some dangers coming after you. But then he gets to this third part, and the second main thing he wants to tell him. So the first thing is that we are called to testify to the good news of God's grace. The second thing, verse 32, why don't you stand with me as we read God's word. And and listen, I say this all the time, but I want you to hear it again. We stand because this is God's word. So think about what's happening here. Paul, we are reading. I'm going to read for you. You're going to read along with me the words that Paul said to the leaders of the church at Ephesus, but really what's happening here is God wants to speak to us. So we're going to stand and we're going to receive, more so than anything I can say, what God wants to say to us through Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. Verse 32, he says, Now I commit commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up, give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, 
I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything that I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Have a seat. So, so Paul says, he, he starts by saying, listen, you know how I've lived. You know that my main purpose was to testify to God's grace. That's what I did every day when I was with you, and that's what you're called to do. Now he says, I'm committing you to God. This is awesome because he loves these people. He has poured his life into these people. And he says, now I'm leaving and I'm committing you to God and to the word of his grace. He's, I'm entrusting you. I'm, I'm giving you, not that he had to give anything, I'm entrusting, this is what you're going to do now. This is how you move forward. You trust in God. You know his grace. And then he says, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. And then he says, you know how I lived. You know how I served. I didn't want your money, I didn't want your silver, I didn't want your gold, I didn't want your nice clothing. He says, I wasn't in it for that stuff. He says, I was in it to glorify God and to serve others. So he says, you know that in everything I did, I showed you that we need to serve others. We need to help the weak. And then he says these, these words, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, all you Bible scholars out there, what scripture is that found in where Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive? Anyone got it? It's not in there. It's not in scripture. But Jesus said it. See, see here's the deal. It, scripture tells us that Jesus said a lot of things, Jesus taught a lot of things, and they're not all contained in the scriptures. Only what God wanted to speak to us and reveal to us is contained in the scriptures. So this is them entering into the scriptures. And Paul says, listen, just as I gave my whole life to serve and to proclaim the good news, I've given my whole life to show you that we need to give and we need to serve others. And he says, remembering the words that Jesus himself said, you are more blessed when you give than when you receive. So, so here's the first thing I talked about two weeks ago was testifying to the good news of God's grace. The second thing is this. I want you to hear this today. We are created and we are called to be a giving people. Let me say that again. I, God's calling for each and every one of us, is not only to testify, not only to say God is good, not only to tell people that God is good, but to be people who pour ourselves out, who give, who serve others. That's who we are called to be. We're called to be people who give. I'm going to read this quote now instead of later. This was from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, the church is only the church when it exists for others. We can't glorify and honor God if we're not people who give and serve others. If we're living a selfish, you know, just get this picture. Sometimes we get this, this mentality that I've got to protect, I've got to keep, I've got to maintain, I've got to make sure that nobody 
God is calling us to not be a people that live like this, but be a, to be a people that live like this. That's how Jesus lived. And he calls us to follow his example. And so we are called to be a people who give. If you, if you need proof that that's, I mean, that's the better way. If you need proof that that's the better way, just look at the world around us. When we live like this, what happens? All right, we see this in our house all the time. We'll get one of our kids a new toy, and immediately they go into this mode. Hey, he's touching my toy. Don't let him touch my toy. That's mine. That's my football. You can't touch my football. And they, you know how that ends? Every single time. Every single time. Every single day. <laughs> this turns into fighting, turns into name-calling, turns into sometimes kicking or hitting, turns into grounding, turns into no electronics, turns into no toys. I mean, I see it so simply in my kids that when we live this way, we're not living the right way. There are nations at war because they're trying to live this way or they're trying to take. They're, They're all about receiving See, we, I want you to hear this, we as humans were not created to live like this or to take and take and take. We as humans were created to give and to serve and to love. We were created to be in unity with each other, to serve God, to be in in unity with our creator and to be in unity with each other. God didn't create woman just so that she could serve and give man everything that he wanted. He created man and woman so they could live together in unity, and by living together in unity, honor him. Praise God, we are created to be a people that give. It's the better way. And so he says here, though, he says, I commit you to God, to the word of his grace, Listen, how can we be a people that give in a world that's driven by money? How can we be a people that give in a world that's driven by power or fame? And and he says this, I commit you to God, to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul says, you are created and called to be a people that give. And why can we do that? Because we've already been given everything we need. We have our inheritance. We have our security. We have everything we need in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you are like, nope, I I need this much money to retire. And I need this nice of a house. And I need this many cars. and and, And we tend to think that our inheritance is about earthly things. But Paul's saying here, I commit you to God, I commit you, I entrust you to his grace, which gives you an inheritance that's far beyond you can ever imagine. Listen, please get this, there's nothing wrong with money, there's nothing wrong with uh, 401ks or retirement funds or or cars or any of those things, there's nothing wrong with having a nice job, there's nothing wrong with having a nice meal, I love a nice meal, but that's not the inheritance we really need. Paul's trying to tell the people, this is his last chance with his church, and he's trying to tell them, listen, there's a better way. Don't get caught up in what the world around you is saying. Live to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, the grace of God, and live to serve and to give to others because you're more blessed 
when you give than when you receive. When we give, not only are we created to give and called to give, when we give, we're connected to our Creator. We're worshiping. We we come together, we sing together, and we feel connected to God. Listen, if you give, if you serve, you will be connected closely with our God because that's what He created us for. He created us in His image. And guess who's the greatest giver in the world? Our God. You know that, right? Our God is the greatest giver. And so when we give, when we do what we were created to do, when we live in unity and we serve each other, we're actually connecting to God and glorifying Him. So number one, we we give because that's what we're created to do. When we live like this, when we don't, things get really messy, even in the church. That's not, I want this. This is what I need. I can't worship if this doesn't happen. And we start to... In the church, we start to do this, don't we? We start to protect and and try to have security. And and listen, I, I just want you to know that we have everything we need in the grace of God. And we don't need to live this way. We need to live as giving and serving people. And so number one, that's who we're created to be. Number two, verse 35, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. By this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So so here's the second thing that happens when we give. When we give, we bless others and we experience God's blessing ourselves. I hope you've learned this lesson. I mean, as kids, we all wanted to receive, right? It was all about what we could get. I hope you've learned this lesson that there is much more blessing in giving than in receiving. So this week was a a special week. I don't like to talk about this. I don't like to acknowledge it, but I got a year older this week. It was my birthday. And Megan and I, earlier in the week, we we had a conversation. We We were reminiscing, you know, now that we're getting old. We were reminiscing on all of the gifts that we've given to each other, mostly the funny ones, the bad ones. And so uh, she brought up, there was a time where she had kind of mentioned that she wanted comfortable pajamas that looked nice. And so I was like, I can do that. And I found these cool ones online. I was like, that looks warm, that looks comfortable, and it looks nice. And so I bought them for her, and she laughed. <laughs> All right, not the best gift I've ever given. But Megan one time, three times actually, three times, got me the same gift And it was a trilogy. It was a movie trilogy. So she, a trilogy of movie trilogies gave me this. So we were laughing about this. And listen, I don't say that to give her a hard time. Like, we're not the best gift givers in the world, right? Occasionally, Megan and I will have like an anniversary or Christmas or something and say, hey, let's not get each other gifts this year. That's dumb. That's just really dumb because there is blessing in giving. There is a blessing And so this week, I think because we had that conversation, Megan had a lot of pressure on her to give a good gift, right? That's not why we had the conversation, but there was this pressure. And all week, she was like, hey, can I give you your gift now? Can I give you, I want to give you your gift tonight. Do I have to wait until Friday? And and then Friday came and she gave me a great gift, pairs of shoes. They were awesome, better than anything I could pick out for myself. And it was great. She killed it with the gift. I remember a couple years ago, I, I, it, it was a big birthday for her. I won't tell you which one. She's like 
20-something years old, but it was a big birthday. And, and, and it was a big birthday, so I, I bought a really nice gift, and I was going to go down to Cancun and give it to her in Cancun. But the, from the second I bought it, I just wanted to give it to her. I just wanted her to have that gift. It was burning a hole in my pocket. You guys know there's, there's blessing in giving, right? So take a second. You don't have to share this with each other. But think about the best gift that you've ever gotten for somebody else. And think about how it made you feel to be able to give that gift. All right, now let me, let me take a different approach here. Have you ever received something that you thought you really wanted, and then you got it and realized that it just wasn't all you thought it was going to be? I remember I used to drive by the same sports store every day, and I would look at this tennis racket in the window, and I was like, one day, I'm going to own that tennis racket. And, and one day I did get that tennis racket, and I got real mad. I shouldn't say this online. My dad might be watching. I got mad during a tennis match, and I slammed it on the ground, and it cracked in two. And you know what? That racket wasn't that amazing. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have learned this lesson, but there's more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. I've received many things in my life, and they never give me the joy that giving something great gives. See, God knows this because we're wired, we're created, we're called to, to be givers, and so there's more blessing. So when we give, we, act, we not only bless somebody else, but we experience God's blessing. And so we give because we're created and called to, but number two, we give because we're called. Paul says, by working hard, we can help others. We bless others. But then he says, Jesus said himself, you are more blessed when you give than you receive. So we give because it's what we're created for. We give because we want to bless others. And in blessing others, we experience God's greatest blessing. The third thing, I, we're going to shift gears here for a second because I want, to, I want to talk about some important stuff going on. See, I think sometimes our, our tendency is when things go difficult, when things get crazy, that makes us think that we've got to go more to this. And the truth is, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world that's kind of scary, isn't it? And I know this because I've met in some small groups, and in one of my small groups this week, we were just talking about, hey, what's happening? And, and so I, w I wanted to take a moment, I don't always do this, but I wanted to take a moment and just address the things that are going on in our world. There are some scary things going on. And I'm seeing lots of videos out there talking about, oh, this means that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. This means this is the prophecy being fulfilled. And listen, I'm not going to get into all the complexities of that, but I, I want you to hear this. Paul is not writing this to the church, to the leaders. Of the, he's not telling the leaders of the church this so that when they live in all the good times, they can give and be blessed and do what they're created to do. Paul is actually telling them that they should give everything they have to proclaim the good news and they should do everything they can to serve others and to give, that you are more blessed to give than when you receive. He's telling them in the face of trouble. I told you earlier, verse 28, listen to what he says. So he starts by saying, I've done everything to proclaim the good news, to the task of testifying to God's goodness. Then the middle part is this, keep watch over yourselves 
and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Now listen to verse 29. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on guard. Remember that for three years, I've never stopped warning you night and day about this. So let's look at the progression. Paul says, I've given everything I have. My main task in life is to preach the good news. Then he says, by the way, I'm leaving and bad things are going to happen. People are coming after you. He says, savage wolves are coming after you. Then he says, but I've shown you that the better way is to give and to serve and to help others. So, so here's what I want to say today. I'm not going to give you an end times forecast. I'm not going to tell you, I mean, we know how this is going to end, right? I'm not going to tell you the day that everything's going to end. I'm not going to tell you how all this is going to be resolved tomorrow. Here's what I want to say. If you're concerned about the state of the world, and there's plenty to be concerned about, I want you to know that our God still reigns. And I want you to know that the end may be near, but we are called as the people of God to live for His purposes, even if we're terrified, even if things around us aren't working out the way we think they should, even if there's war, even if there's famine, even if there's political divide, no matter what's happening around us, we are called. Paul is telling the leaders, he's saying, listen, Difficult things are coming your way. That's why it's so important that you give your life to proclaim the good news. And that you give and you serve and you help others. The world needs now more than ever to see the church proclaim the good news. The world needs now more than ever to see the church be a people that are called to give and to serve, and to bless others. So how do we look at the events of today? I just wanted to take a second and talk about this, because I know some of you are concerned about this. I get it. Listen to me. God is good, and God has a calling for us not to sit back in fear, not to go like this. So listen, some, something's happening in my own life where I'm, I'm going to sell my truck. You guys know I have a truck. It sits out here. It's a red truck. I've had it for eight years or so, I've decided that it's time to sell the truck. And here's why. I drive it four times a year, and two times are to the mechanic. So it's just not, you know, it's just something I, I don't need. And I'm sorry, because I know a lot of you like to use the truck. I apologize. You can, you can use someone else's. But I, I, I really felt like God was telling me, as I decided to sell the truck, I really felt like God was telling me not to take all that money and to do this, but that I was supposed to give. And you know, then things kind of changed. You know, we, we found, we had to buy a new van and some other things changed and all of a sudden our financial situation changed a little bit and the temptation is to say, okay, well I've got that truck and I'm selling that truck so God, I know you told me to do this, but... The circumstances around us 
Do not change what we are called to do and who we are called to be. Now more than ever, we are called to proclaim the good news and to give and to serve because it's what we're created to do. We're called to bless others and there's blessing in that. And when we do that, we glorify God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11 says this. The end of all things is near. Does that sound familiar to what you're hearing these days? The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, listen to what the response is to the end of all things is near. So be alert and of sober mind so you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So listen, I don't know if you're concerned about what's going on in the world around you. I don't know if you're concerned about your bank account. I don't know if you're concerned about war or political stuff. But the the response is no different now than it was in biblical times. The end of all things is still near. It was near 2,000 years ago. It's near now. The end of all things is near. I don't know the date. may not be in our lifetime. It may. But the end of all things is at hand. So how should we live? We should love others. We should care deeply. We should serve. We should use anything we can to give to others. And I love the way that that ends. It says, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we give because we're created and called to give. We give because we've got to bless others, and in that we receive blessing. We give because when we give, we bring glory to God. It's what we're called to do. Worship team's going to come up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be praying. Listen, I, I don't like asking for money, but I, I believe wholeheartedly. We're called to testify. I want to testify today. I believe wholeheartedly that we are called to be a people that give. I don't know what you give. I have no clue what your financial situation is or what you give to the church. I'm not concerned with the amount of money that we take in. I'm not concerned with an amount of money that you give, but here is what I am concerned about. Just as Paul was speaking to the church in that last time, and he said, listen, the number one thing in your life should be to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone you can, and you should give and you should serve because that's the greater blessing. Here's what I'm concerned about. I want your heart to be in the right place. I really, I hope you guys know I'm not up here for money. I don't care one bit about money. But I do believe that there is a better way to live than the way the world tells us to live. And I do believe that God is calling us to be a people who give. So there's a few different things going on. One is faith promise. I want you to be praying about this as we sing. Faith promise is the way that we fund the missions arm of the church. 
what, what God's doing around our community and around the world. Faith Promise is a way that we give to that. So I would like you to pray and consider giving towards this. I'm not going to know if you do or you don't. It's between you and God. But I want you to know that I've never, ever given anything away and regretted it. God blesses those who give. So pray about if God would have you make a faith promise pledge. Our, our goal is 150 people giving, and that's, that's all that's about is your heart. But I want you to pray about more than that. It's not just about giving to faith promise. If God stirs your heart, fill out a card. You can put them in the black boxes in the back. You can put them on an altar, put them on a table. But I want you to pray as we sing. I want you to pray that God will make you a witness, that God will, will make you someone who gives, that God will change your heart and your mind when we're tempted to live like this, that God will open our arms and open our hearts and make us a people that love God, that give, that serve God, but also that love others and give and serve others. So the worship team is going to sing, and I just want you to be praying, God, change my heart. Help me to be who you've created and called me to be. And let's be a church that gives. Father, I thank you so much for this, this group of people around me. I thank you for the people that are online. I thank you for the, the church. And Lord, I'm so thankful for this wonderful church because it is a great giving church. But Lord, I believe... I believe that you have more for us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us as we sing this song. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that all of us would open our heart, arms and open our hearts and open our minds to you. And that we would ask you, Lord, what is it you want from me? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's our energy. Maybe it's our time. Maybe you want us to get out of our comfort zone and proclaim your gospel to others. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. And I pray that we would be obedient to follow you to give, to serve, to love. In Jesus' name, amen.